Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast, episode number 24. My name is Luke Burridge and joining me is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hi, everyone. And uh, 24, which means we've been doing this for two years now because these are monthly podcasts. Wow. So we've been doing Thank you very much for all our Patreon supporters. In fact, let me just quickly go over and thank everybody straight away because I, uh, I have the list of names up here as well. So thank you very much to Anonymous and Ben and Chris and Flo and Hendrick and Joel and Martin and Matthew, uh, Matt uh, and Craig and Joe. Uh, Gerald and Greg and Jeremy and Juliana. You're still my Patreon, Juliana. I guess. Um, and uh, Kathy and Keith and Mark and Robert. And then we're down to people who only give us uh, $1 a month. So, only? Uh, well, thank I was going to so say. Thank you so much for all the support. So that's 58 Patreons at the moment. And yes, thank Amazing. you so much for all the support. It is coming in really handy. Uh, normally I go through all the different things that I've released, all juggling videos and different things that I've released. It's been a bit bare this month, mainly because I've been working working really hard on other projects and some preparation and behind the scenes kind of stuff. For example, yes. Fight Night Combat. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Turns mm -hmm. out this year, end of year finals, not, not happening. happening. So then I've had to reprogram the website to be able to work out, you know, like in the same way that tennis tournaments and all these other like sports tournaments, they were like, oh, new schedules and stuff like that. So what yeah. we're going to do is for next year, and now I've, again, I've made the website, which will actually update the rankings in this way, is that we're going to do the super season. Uh, do you know the concept of the super season? Season. Uh, uh, it just everything means everything counts double. I yeah, don't know. no, it just means a longer <laughs> season. So, for example, okay. when they were doing the. Um uh, I'm trying to think of an example of a super season. Okay, in um, in the racing, in endurance racing, they were like, we always want the end, we want the Le Mans 24 hours. It used to be like in the middle of the season. So yeah. there was races leading up to it and then the 24 hour Le Mans and then races afterwards. And you're like, eh, that's not really, that's not really a good uh, like structure. So what they did is that one time they had a super season where they just had two Le Mans and then the season ended directly after the 24 hour Le Mans. Okay. And from now, that's always the last, It's that's always the last last uh, event in that season if you know what I mean so it's okay. like it's like a restructuring of the calendar so what we're doing now is we're doing a super season which means that uh, this year and next year 2020 and 2021 will all count as one as, as one super season ah, because there okay. isn't enough tournaments this year and there probably won't be enough tournaments and conventions next year due yeah. to COVID-19 people listening in the future yeah it's that it's 2020 um, so yeah it, it's so we're going to have a, a, a super season so the the, the the, this year will have like an, an, an end of year number one, but that's not the thing that's going to count for, uh, you know, qualifications yes, for the yes. European because Championships. Some, in some regions, it was just not possible to yep. have tournaments. So yep. it would be really bad to then like say, OK, yeah. you, you'd, you didn't go to tournaments. Yeah. But you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't. So. Yeah, some people just have like in Poland they had a lot more festivals, so there's been like like uh, eight uh, juggling uh, like uh, juggling festivals and you know six uh, conventions or six fight nights in Poland. So the Polish people are really high. Yeah. Same in Germany, lots of these little German meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. But other places, just nothing. No, of um, course not. So uh, so also that we're doing the Russian series as well. Um, so okay. uh, we're doing special rankings just for people who take part in the Russian fight nights as well, and that was going to be. A 2020 kind of thing and now same thing extending it through so the russian series uh, that ilya Continues. is uh, is uh, doing is um uh, uh ilya polykov is he, he was organizing those things like and that's the idea is that it's now going to run up until the russian the next russian juggling convention which didn't happen this year so now it's running up and then the, oh, the right. like the, the final the final tournament didn't is going to be did you win this once yeah that was back in 2006 
2017 or two, no 2018 I was over in, wow, in Russia so long ago already. it was already oh, quite no. a long time ago so uh, yeah and also um, so I know it's weird to say this but you know like this is this is literally what the Patreon is for and it really helps and uh, of, with that kind of stuff too it does and, uh, it does. and, and also top 40 jugglers so I've been uh, doing some planning oh, yes, and organising of that too well. so I've got the plan in mind for that I've been working out some uh, some of the different uh, you know uh, things because I'm I might do 40, 40 individual videos again like I did last year, but with a twist. Um, with a twist? With a bit of I a twist. I notice that you did preparations uh, Yeah, again, again, it's, that's the thing. It, the it, it is really very much behind the scenes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, working on that kind of, working on that kind of stuff. But it's, in a way, that it, it's difficult to do this preparation on these things because they're they're based on results that aren't in yet <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean course. like that you have to so, kind of gauge okay what yeah what could who could be um amongst yep. the 40 yeah top 40 year. yeah so there's there's some people who are like definitely on but this year it's even weirder because i just don't know like yeah. i it's really and, difficult and of to course the uh, the conventions not happening yeah. no um, conventions add a, a huge thing to it because then you only yeah what's the buzz where's the buzz yeah, yeah. consume the the juggling from online basically yes um so uh, but i did i was working on other things as well um for example i released uh, some music on patreon if your patreon supporters will have have seen that like i've uh, well, i have released the music but I uh, made all my music available beforehand. It was on, um, I'd, I'd had it on like uh, Apple Music and Spotify and, and those kinds Google of things. Play yeah, Google Play Google and things music. like that. And uh, and that was good. But the point was, I was, you, you, in the end, you're paying a lot of money to have your music available and I get the statistics. Not a lot of listens on those places <laughs> and things. Yeah. Most people were listening to my music on uh, on uh, YouTube yes. um, and uh, in other places like that. So, uh, so yeah, so what I've did, I've put them put them on Bandcamp so people can download them for free or listen to them for free, nice. or or if they want to pay some money, there's a way of of uh, of donating. Uh, well, it's not donating; it's like you buy it, but you set the price. So oh, okay. if you want to if you want to do that, that's great. And uh, I'm into Bandcamp, and Bandcamp are doing some good stuff for artists, and they're making it so there's no fees on Fridays and all these different oh, kind nice. of things. So um, I, Bandcamp has won me over. So that's where I'm putting my music now, and I will be uploading those albums in the future onto onto youtube um you know if people just want to listen all the way through those those yeah. are my comedy musical comedy albums and the reason i've done this and it is because i'm applying for a grant and this is the thing in 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 germany in berlin uh, of applying for artist grants although not in berlin not we're berlin. actually in brandenburg which and so makes it quite a difference <laughs> so this month has also been paperwork month and yeah. applying again. again and stuff like that <laughs> applying for a grant which is so weird because all like this is literally the first time I'm going to telling you this. You already know this, but like I had to write out my CV, like my resume kind of thing. Yes. And uh, but not a normal CV, like yes. not like uh, applying for a job kind of CV, yeah. but an artistic CV, yeah. which is incredibly difficult to condensed down yeah. to like whatever yes i, mean, I, I worked out that the, of... the key word is selected yes. selected shows selected, selected clients highlights. <laughs> selected highlights selected kind of thing and this is literally the first time since 2001 2001 was the last time i applied for a job or applied for wow. a, applied for a thing that needed to me to write out like you know here is my education history and here mm. is this kind of stuff so this is the weirdness that we have now in 2020 yeah is that i don't like because 
like since I've worked on cruise ships. I mean, like when I worked on a cruise ship, I got that by applying to an agency which works with cruise lines. But yes. but that was sort of more putting together a promotional package, you know, yeah. sort of like here's a DVD with my acts and here's. They some... don't want to see the whole like what have you done in your career? No, and they don't need that. They want like okay, what is this guy about? What mm. does he do? What is the show that you can sell? Exactly. And also I've applied for, you know, like back in the day, applying for street show festivals and other things. But that's more like artist promotion. Yes. But I haven't even done that for like 10 years yeah. or whatever. <laughs> well, no, maybe not that long. But generally having an agent that gets me work on cruise ships, it takes me so much more or it takes so much work to actually then apply for jobs and do that promotional stuff and have a website and do the printing and do all this kind of stuff and social media presence for people to to like to apply for it so generally i've i've relied on having an agent for like my main job and then being invited to juggling festivals and street show festivals and things like that just because i've done it in the past and i'm just well known for that kind of stuff i yes. get the offers in yes. um even doing street show festivals back in the day with me and polar Every year I get like emails, I don't know how Still. many, like seven or eight emails yeah. in every spring saying, hey, please apply for the street show festival and things like that. So that's what I did a few years ago when I was doing did some more street show festivals. But again, yeah. I don't do that anymore. So it's so crazy that 2020 has got to the point where I'm like, oh, Luke has to start applying for jobs. Or Luke yeah. has to start applying for grants. Uh, although I'm not applying for a job, but... Um, in this case, I'm like, oh, it's actually really handy now that I have kind of like a CV. It's sort of like an artist. Yeah, it's like uh, once once you write it, yeah, you can then keep continuing to adjust it and yeah. uh, adjust it to the jobs that you are or the things that yeah. you want needed to. Uh, but setting it up is uh, is quite a, a challenge because yeah. you have to suddenly go back years and years and years of of your work. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, and get together the the things that you think. Are, are important, important yeah. to represent your career. But also sort of like, what I mean, but there's some things which are really important to me as a juggler and yeah. really important to me as a person, really important to me as an artist. But the people who are going to give me money to do a project, they don't care about that. They just want like, what's relevant to this project? Exactly. And, and, think and so. they, they want to see something that means something to them. And this is why it is so important that um, if you write a uh, a CV, an artistic CV or an application for a grant that you have the, in mind the people who are going to read it yeah. and they are not artists. No. They are bureaucrats. They are um, civil servants, bank people maybe. Yeah. So have that in mind or yeah. like have a, a person in mind that you know maybe yeah. is but it's not so a non-juggler. crazy this whole thing they want everything printed out on paper and with, oh, yes. with like written like paper print they want links to things on the internet written yes. on bits of paper I'm like is someone going to sit there and type this in I like, have no idea I, don't know. I mean they did send a PDF yeah. for us to put stuff in yeah. but then, but then, they then we have to print, to it, print out. it out yeah. and also they want promo material as in like flyers yeah. and uh booklets of, yeah. or press releases or something. And I don't have any of that. Like that, And that's the worst thing. Oh, I say that's the worst thing, but that's a weird thing about being at my stage in my career as a, as a professional juggler is yeah. that when you're young and you're starting out, you, you enter the... No, you keep... It's not that you keep everything, <laughs> but you enter the competitions. Yeah. Like, for example, like this was always the way, like over at the IGA Festival, they'd get the, the young... Uh, uh, they called them Benji bots because what they would do is that okay. these, these young guys who are co 
coached by this one juggler, Benji Hill or whatever his name was. Yeah. And um, he would coach these young jugglers up to a really good level of like technical level. They'd all come out. They would all win the IJA stage competition <laughs> and then they'd won it. And then he could then promote them yeah. to different places like onto by cruise saying, ships and other stuff like this. He's the, he's, this he won, won the gold award or the, the, he, won, mm-hmm. he was the, the, like the, the, the first place champion at the International Jugglers Association uh, stage festivals in 2002. Yeah. And and now he's got this show, which I've written for him. They all did the same show. They all did the same act because it was sort of like that production line kind of thing. Yes. And yeah, and you do that, but you do that at the start of your career. Everybody who's a new magician enters competitions and mm-hmm. becomes a champion, a world champion. And like there's world championships of ma- magic like 20 times a year around the world. And there's, there's <laughs> everyone goes, oh yeah, it was a world championship. I won three gold medals. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, then you go off in, yes. in the, and you don't take part in competitions anymore. Same in the circus. The- you go along to the uh, Cirque du Domain win a, an award and then that's it you've you, you, you got your award and, yeah, and the, yeah. Same, the same with music uh, actually um, yeah. uh, competitions and music is obviously also a big thing I'm not a fan yeah. um, but uh, but yes these, these always uh, are at the start of your career yeah. generally until that point then you that when you then get an award for your lifetime achievement yeah. uh, there's this so big empty big period empty in the middle yeah. where you actually do the work yeah. But also at the beginning of your career, you might like as, as me as a musician at the beginning, of course, I kept all like the, the, little, yeah. the posters and all the little flyers and all the yeah. things that came out. But after a certain while, when you actually do have a career in yeah. in the arts, you stop doing that. Yeah, of course. Well, where would you store well, all that? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like me and Polo, the first cruise ship that we went on, like, oh look, our photo yeah. in the in the pro, and yeah, we put it in a in a in a folder. And the second one, like, wow, we're on the Queen Mary too, or the yeah. Queen, Elizabeth. like, oh, Queen Queen Elizabeth too, yeah. uh, and there we are as featured entertainment. Kept that one, and then like four cruises, then we're like, oh, we're not going to keep all these bits of paper, are we? And they now I, do, I mean, I do actually have a few because I have that box over there, uh, you know. Juggling yeah. memorabilia or Luke's memorabilia, so I still do have a few of those, like some first ones or some special ones. But yeah, then they, just, they all just get exactly. set, goes out. Yeah, don't, and so, don't even remember. Um, and so that also shows a massive gap between the people who do the grants, yeah. who are probably older, probably uh, yeah, as I say, civil servants, bureaucrats. Yeah, and in their world, having a flyer of yourself is something you, you obviously keep. You yeah. obviously have, of course, there ready to go and to give them. But but your generation yeah. and our generation works absolutely different. Well, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I it just think it's like a. That. I just think it's the, like a. I think it's more of a like a place in your career kind of thing. Like we were seeing yesterday. No, not yesterday. Uh, like when um, like uh, <laughs> Nadal wins his thirteenth or whatever it is thirteenth French Open. Mm. Um, where where does that medal go like what does it like like when does it stop meaning something to you yeah and and that's what it is when you're at the part of the career where i'm doing like 12 15 uh, cruise ship gigs a year or whatever it you know whatever the whatever the regularity is and there's people yeah. who work way way more than me they're away yes. they do yeah, like course. 30 40 weeks a year working and for them it's just it's, a job it's a job it's not something yes. you can perform to and so when i realized when i filled in this form sort mm. of like career highlights i was like oh 
this is now 13 years of my life mm-hmm. working and performing on cruise ships. And for the sake of this grant application, that is literally eight, like eight words or eight lines on this little thing. And I'm like, oh, right. That's that's yeah. really not a, a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, I perform and I do, mm-hmm. you know, technical juggling and physical comedy and um, multimedia stuff and, and musical comedy and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and that's that's my job. And it and it took and that's about as long as it takes to say. And then I'm like, and I've worked for these cruise lines, you know, listed like 15 cruise lines that I've yeah. worked for. Yeah. But yeah, it's so it's so weird. But also it always feels like because because the, the art, the artist career. Yeah. For non-artist people. Yeah. Seems like. An amazing, yeah. Everything is amazing about and it. And everything's but in different. The end, in no, the end, it's a nine it to five. When well, no, it's not a nine to not five, a but, nine it, to yeah. five. but <laughs> it is special in a way, of course. But yeah. from the inside, uh, from you as the artistic person, yeah. it is really tricky to then figure out, okay, um, what are the important steps? Yeah. Like, in a in a in a nine to five office job, you can then write down. Okay, I have uh, gone to this conference and yeah. I've gone this uh, extra yeah, well, training. Yeah, well, that's the, th- or... the, the examples they were saying. Papers you've published. I'm like, well, I'm a juggler. There are no papers. Like, and what is the paper I published? Like, here's my here's my juggling video that I made about the definition of juggling, which people are still yeah. reacting to and yeah. still saying, oh, this is actually really great and really impressive. I'm like, yeah, I know. It took months and months and months and months of work yes. and hours and hours and hours and hours of writing and like you know seven days of editing to get that thing together and that would be something that would be like like a, in the same way applicable to some like a publication or a dissertation yes. or something like that but it's a juggling video i mean it's a it's a video it's a, essay it's a video and yeah. these days if you say what are your publications like some of the people whose opinions i care about most their opinions are formed in these places which isn't written down yes. isn't referenced in the same way like scientific papers are all referenced and you know it's how many people reference like how the how you know it ha- you know how important your paper is or your idea is, is how many times it's referenced in other people's papers. But what does that mean in terms of YouTube videos and other people being influenced by your thoughts in a YouTube video? Like, oh, this has views and stuff like, yeah, but view, like, like it doesn't, that doesn't like, it doesn't matter. So yeah, this kind of quantifying an artistic achievement is so difficult when it used to be that, oh, I would, I had this concert and here's a poster from it and I did performed with this person and did it. I remember when I, Back when I worked in um, as a, this is one of the things where I had to, you know, writing down my my before being a professional performer, juggling a uh, non-juggling career that mm-hmm. I did. So I worked for two years doing television production. I was mostly doing sound recording, sound mixing, and yeah. uh, live television broadcasting kind of stuff. Plus on top of that, some production and editing and other things, and directing. But mostly it was this. And I worked with this one guy who was a sound mixer, and he worked. He'd done a lot of work for the BBC doing yeah. Jules Holland which is, you know, one of the main live shows, uh, live music shows, and also Top of the Pops, which was another one. And they were both filmed in the same studio. Of course, you would never know that when you actually see them, but it's just the big big studio down there at Broadcasting House or Television House or whatever it was. And um, and when people, when he would give his like resume, like his CV to people, they would go, yeah, sound recording like that. And then he made a page of all the bands he had worked with and mixed live that had gone out on TV. Well, not just at the BBC, but like all all kinds of stuff like Uh, that. And it was literally just a who's, because he'd worked on Jules Holland and uh, thing like that. And everyone would get to that and just look at this list. And all they saw was like, the bands that they knew, the bands that they knew, which were the biggest bands at the time. And he said, that was the, he says, that was the only, 
only valuable page in my CV. It was yes. like the second page that he did. He had like listed his yeah. skills and work experience. You turn it and sort of like, I've worked with these bands. I've mixed these bands for, for television or live for television or whatever like that. And you just read through them. And you're like, oh, right. Yes. In a way, that's the thing that gets in with it. Yes. And um, I, uh, I might have told this story before on a on a podcast, but I worked with one guy who was a magician, and this was on a cruise ship, and everyone has a blurb, you know, in the in the program. And my blurb was sort of like, yeah, Luke Burridge, he's a juggler. Like, there's very little to write about because, like, you know, I've maybe won some competitions. Yeah. Now I have, yeah, like, the number one ranked combat juggler in the world. <laughs> and I like, don't even explain it, just number one broken records, you know. So it was all about me and what I was bringing to the show, like what kind of things I'd do in my show. Yeah. And he had put in... Um, Three different things, which, of course, you would put in. He says, I have performed, um, uh, I, I have worked on a it, these TV channels, including, you know, uh, Channel 4 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I've worked on these TV shows, including The Big Breakfast. And I've worked with these different celebrities, including... Um, uh, Chris Tarrant or whoever it was I can't know it wouldn't be Chris Tarrant but wh- whatever it was and I realised oh you've you did one gig and you've listed it three times because yeah. that TV show was on that TV channel and that person was the presenter was it? it wasn't Chris Tarrant it was you know whoever did the big breakfast that uh, yeah, yeah that person and I was like oh in three different sections three mm-hmm. different paragraphs of your of your like blurb of your promo blurb that you've put here like that goes in the program you've actually listed one gig that you did one so time clever. and you actually listed it three times yes. well no, yes I think clever, clever clever in a way but also i realized eve i couldn't do that i have never done a television yeah. appearance in yeah. in anything famous i've been featured on some tv shows like i've been approached by some stuff like combat videos that i've done and now edited into these tv shows and things mm-hmm. but yeah there's there's very there's very little exposure i mean what do jugglers do like unless you've been on britain's got talent or america's got talent there just isn't other exposure in the same way as there is for some other skills so yeah. yeah it's a tricky thing and that was the thing that i wanted to mention when you when you were talking about publications yes uh, one part of the grant was that they said uh list publications but not in self-publication mm. like uh show something that somebody else has written about you yes yeah uh or like yeah like tv show appearances yeah yeah something where an non-artistic outside person yeah it's like outside validation isn't it outside validation that's all that that, that there is no outside validation for professional jugglers exactly and that yeah because people say oh come on this tv show it's good exposure and i'm like exposure for what and again that's another thing which people say about britain's got talent Mm. like when i often asked about this kind of thing on when i'm doing like the q a's for for uh you know on cruise ships and stuff people talk about britain's got talent and i was like yeah there was like a run of seven years in a row where they sent me inquiries about do you want to be on Britain's Got Talent we're looking for British jugglers to be on mm. Britain's Got Talent please come on Britain's Got Talent and I always said okay yeah I'm a professional I'm a, a professional uh, I'm a professional juggler and you know for me this is a, a work gig yeah do you pay artists to come like you know if you pay I will come and appear on the television show and they're like oh no that's not how it works no and this um, is the thing the, the stuff like that if you have an ongoing career yeah that doesn't it doesn't help do you anything. and this is the thing when people have asked me this on cruise ships i said look as a juggler my best the best case i could ever have is making it to the final few rounds and getting like third or fourth place you know yes. that's the best a juggler will ever do on any of these got talent shows yeah. like that's it 
that's it. Those people who come go on Britain's Got Talent, who then become, you know, second, third, fourth, mm. I meet those guys. They are doing my job. They are also guest entertainers on cruise ships. Yeah. Like, so a failure as a singer on Britain's Got Talent or, or you know, as a singer or musician on Britain's Got Talent, if you fail to, to be, you know, if you're, I uh, say if you're a failure, yeah, like right. if, you're, if you're good, but you're a finalist, but you're a failed finalist, your career option then is like working on cruise ships because cruise ships is not the biggest place to be there. And I'm not saying working on cruise ships is the biggest place for being juggler, but yeah. like I'm saying the most successful you could possibly be on Britain's Got Talent uh, what that leads to, which is working on cruise ships and other things, I already have that job. <laughs> yes, and it means really, it only really means something for outside people. Yeah. Because in the job that you do, yeah, it counts what you do. Yeah. And not like, oh, I've been on that TV and whatever. No, here's the thing. I reckon if I went on Britain's Got Talent, I could go on, I'd do my three ball and video piece and... Yeah and get through the first few rounds. I'd then do some other routine and do something dangerous. Like, you know, I could I could work the formula. I of know course. there was like, even if I like the best thing I could possibly do again, I'm going to do what all jugglers do. They get through a few rounds and then people are like eh, juggling. I've seen it like I, I've had the emotional reaction that I know I can have to juggling. And yeah. I did I did the wow, that's impressive reaction. I did the Oh, that's clever. Everything I'm like, hey, these guys are fun, or this guy's funny reaction. And then there's there's no more. Re there's no more emotional reaction and people go oh i've i've now completed the emotional reactions that i can have to juggling yes. and then they get voted off and because singers and musicians and comedians have a, a much wider range of of acceptable emotions that yes. people allow themselves a, to feel when watching and then comes a small child that sings like yeah. uh, a 40 year old and yeah, everybody yeah. goes what yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um and um so yeah writing i think what we what it comes down to yeah. When you're writing an artistic CV or yeah. a grant application, yeah. in the best case, you take it to somebody who isn't a juggler yeah. and put it in front of them and say, but here's the thing. Does this yeah. Does impress, this impress you? you? But the point is, in the end, I don't. I'm not there to impress with the grant application. It, it's really not. Uh, do I impress you with what I've done or that kind of stuff? It is because it's very future looking. It's sort of like if you give me this is a grant that I'm asking for. Was it two and a half thousand yeah. euros? If you give me this grant money, how am I going to use it? Yes. And uh, and that that's why I was saying about music and things, because I've, I've realized it's very, very difficult for me to work on this kind of stuff at the moment, because I have to spend the money. If I get the money, I have to spend it by the end of the year or something, isn't yeah. it? Like, something crazy like that. Like, I'm yes. not allowed to spend it on living expenses. Like, yes. It has to be on the work project and stuff yes. like that. So uh, yeah, all so, these all these rules. And there's literally it's... no way for me to spend that amount of money on anything juggling related by the end of the year. Like no. this, to, as of today, oh, well, sorry, as of Monday, uh, Catapult is closed down. I don't have a training space at home uh, like I used to when we lived on Maring Dam. Yeah. Um, there's no juggling equipment that I need. It's very difficult for me to work on new video projection pieces and things. You know, yeah. like it's that's why I've, I've decided to say, oh, okay, in this case, I'm going to apply for a grant for music stuff with my musical comedy because I have a th the first half of a of a musical uh, like concept album kind of project already done well not done but most but of the way done and I there. and I realize oh this is a way for me to get some grant money and this will this will hopefully pay off a podcast listening because we'll we'll get some uh, some better sound equipment and things for doing this and, and to work on this musical project which again is great but it's uh, I mean, it's not what we're talking about here in the juggling podcast, but this is kind of the level that that we are at now with literally 
I've I've done three shows this entire year. Mm-hmm. I did those two two shows on the cruise ship in February, in, whenever it was. Yeah. Then those gigs were cancelled. One one show at the French Juggling Convention, and that's yep. it. Three shows this year. Yes. Haven't done any shows, musical comedy shows, because at the beginning of the year we we're moving house, yep. and I went into Berlin to hang out with people once, yep. and uh, <laughs> and then went away to Australia and New Zealand, and then everything was closed down. And now I just checked that notification came through. To, I should currently be on a cruise. This was the last, this, yes. and this was it. This is my last gig. Uh, now was the last booking that I had in my diary. Yeah, but you had from the whole year. You had things lined up all, all the year, way up all the way now. through the year. Yes. Yeah, which, um, which then all cruise ship shows and juggling conventions. I was yeah. meant to be going to the Swedish juggling convention, the Berlin convention, yeah. the Dutch juggling convention again, and performing there. Yeah. Um, it was nice to be invited to the French convention, but that was like this weird. That's kind of it was like this weird other thing in the middle of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is a year of literally one cruise ship gig. And one juggling convention show, and also one other because we went to the Bruno juggling convention yeah, over New Year's the, yeah. and stuff like that. So, so this is the situation. I mean, this is the kind of situation that you find yourself in. You're just yeah. sort of like, all oh, right. I mean, I'm doing other other bits of work, computer programming stuff, and game development stuff. And then now, grant application. My job now is like grant applications and yep. and paperwork in a way which is which is very very very. Different and also very difficult. Oh, yes. Um, Oh, yes, absolutely. And also because it's not just, I mean, what I mean, it just, I'm guessing if you, if you would have to do these applications in English, like, and they would show you the English, it would all be in English and all the the things that you No, here's the thing. It it wasn't, the the issue wasn't, um, the issue wasn't so much German paperwork. It was more that literally I've not applied for a job yeah. since 2001. Of course. And, and it is a very different kind of application. Yeah. But again, putting aside all the paperwork thing, just in a Luke life, emotional, mental health and journey of yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is really weird for me, like of the course. position like, to be even in. Even in a normal year, even if in normal yeah. life doing this kind of paperwork is yeah. really not your kind of yes yeah, just not that my kind of thing. thing but also again i don't want to bring it into like a self-image kind of thing <laughs> but my self-image is someone who's like oh no i'm sorted like yeah people come to me with work you know yeah. of course I, like my agent comes to me with work i pay them you know like yeah, yeah. it's that kind of thing but like i was sort of like oh yeah no i'm set like when people want you know when people want me to come to a juggling convention they you know they send me an invite if mm. i want to perform at a juggling convention i invite myself to the juggling <laughs> convention if you know what i mean like it's not something yeah. that like i'm applying for yes like in a way someone says oh we want you to come to a juggling convention i'm like oh what do you want me to do and they're like oh just do whatever you want and i'm like ah oh, okay that's cool yeah and when i go and work on a cruise ship they're like oh what do you show do you do I do a juggling show and they're like oh what do you want to do in the show yeah anything I want like I, I mean yes. of course I know what works and I'm going to do what works but there's and that complete freedom to be I'm not like forming myself to fit into the mm-hmm. expectations of other people of mm-hmm. course I do because I want to do a good job at a juggling convention or a street show festival or in a comedy show or in that kind of stuff but like all that time but that's then promotion what do you mean that's promotion because then you you like you then put together the promotional material no i'm saying i don't do that i'm saying that when i go and do something i am not pre-conforming myself to 
um, you a go there thing. and do the job. And in this yeah. kind of paperwork stuff, I'm having to frame my life and my life achievements and my life accomplishments and my artistic vision. I had to package it up into like three pages, three pages, yeah, and and a, and a grant application and yeah. then some other bits and pieces. So I'm like, all right, I've actually got to sum up what I'm doing into four bits of paper for yes. people for someone to give me. Uh, and this is like a huge amount of work, not a huge amount of work, but a huge amount of stress. And in the end, I'm getting about as much money as I would get for working a week on a cruise ship when someone would come to me for that and I get to hang out yes. on a cruise ship and to me all that kind of stuff so it's just this it's just this weird balance like the 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 the, the, the what I'm putting in to what I'm getting out yeah and let me let me what's that let me put this together in, yeah it is very obvious yeah artists have a career until yeah. 2020 yeah and then it comes to a screeching halt yeah and then they fall back really to the level of when they kind of started yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That, exactly. that's, that's perfect. That's perfect framing. Like, yes. it feels like I'm... It feels like I it was when I was when it was when in like 2003 yes. when I quit my job and I'm like oh right what do I do now and now I do have to find the jobs yeah. myself and I have to go to places and yeah I have to well do in it. that case I'd, I'd quit my job doing television production mm. and I had another job lined up doing television production but after a few weeks of just like doing I was doing I went to an acrobatic training course which sort of like opened up in that time and I was just doing juggling all the time and acrobatics training all the time and it yeah. was like physical and I was like oh right actually this is actually what I'm doing now like it came it became quite clear like oh I, i'm not gonna go back and do television production work yeah um and i'm not gonna go back and do sound record although now i'm doing music stuff but you know <laughs> it's like you know that's what i trained for at university i did music technology at university creative yeah. music technology it was called um so that was what i was trained to do which was doing the sound mixing and sound recording although it wasn't exactly the same thing but yeah and at that point i was like what do i do and i funded that year pretty much by making juggling beanbags and <laughs> selling juggling and traveling around yeah. like from 2003 2004 and doing that kind of stuff and then and then uh, yeah and then 2005 moved to berlin and mm -hmm. uh, and then by yeah and then had a show and then but so it was that, that the few year gap there where i was like i was funding my juggling and travels with you know doing shows and doing gigs but yeah just a it was just a, a different like a different like format of casting around and going oh i'm putting something together and applying for things and doing all of that kind of kind of stuff yeah and 2020 has kind of rekindled that like just go oh career reset boom yeah and i was like oh this is my first career reset since like 2003 yeah and i guess well in that time from 2003 then when I moved to Berlin I actually did work as a, as a tour guide for a while but that was you know more performing stuff and yeah. uh, and also and in, the, in the summer you did, did well I, go... yeah I was still most yeah. still doing juggling but that yeah. was something I was earning money for what like it, like while I was getting together the juggling shows and yes. the, you know the art of yeah. juggling and this other stuff that that we then that we that we then got uh, that we then did so yeah there was this there was that period there and yeah, I've had these moments before, but this is the first time since, since 2003. Well, no, four. let's say from since 2000, early 2007, which was when um, I was doing quite well with with uh, working as a tour guide in mm. Berlin mm -hmm. and doing juggling as well. So it was sort of like 50-50. Yeah. Well, it wasn't maybe 50-50, like 
effort-wise and time-wise, it was 50-50, but I was making more money working as a tour guide. And I was kind of comfortable doing that yeah. until I accidentally made more money than the boss of the company on ooh, the tours because you, you, it, yeah. it was a free tour company. And then you get tips yes. for, for... For performance. For, well, you, you do it. And I, yeah. I'm a good performer. I've done street show festivals. I knew how to get money into a hat at the end of a show. And yeah. I treated my this tour that I did. It was like a three-hour walking tour yeah. as a show. Yeah. And... Um, and so they were changing around. The guy who was running the, 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 the tour company was a complete psychopath. Well, not psychopath, sociopath, whatever, you know, just, yeah. a, just no conception of other people's emotional states or needs or wants or anything. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he was changing it around and, and uh, he was asking for more fees because the way that it would work is that every person on your tour, you would give one euro back to the tour company yeah. and you would keep the rest. Yeah. So somebody would be there at the start of your tour. They would count the tour, take a photo of everyone in the tour. Say, hey, everyone get together take a photo of it so they could count it they're like oh 28 people in your tour and so you would pay the company 28 euros right for the end of the tour yeah at the uh, you know at the you know whatever That's they'd keep it down you would give them 28 they, euros yeah. and you could keep anything else and from 28 28 people you know you can get you can get a, a good amount of a, decent a good amount, amount of, of money yeah. a good amount of tips and so people would say average tips per person on the tour and that was the way that you could work it out yeah anyway so he would say oh instead of one euro per person you're now going to give two euros per person and then three euros per person and also you were actually going to limit the number of people per tour so uh, instead of having okay. 40 people on a tour as soon as it gets more than 20 we're going to split the tour groups mm -hmm. so then people so everyone's really unhappy about this and um so they, they were having a meeting i was there because I was actually away over the summer doing mm. some uh, doing these street show festivals and he said look if you want to know if you want to know how to do a tour and to get money what you need to do is come on my tour because um, I get the most tips, you know, I get the, the largest tips per person from... from no, no, this was, was this was Chris Sanderman who owned the okay. company. He said, come on my tour because I get the most tips and uh, so learn from me how to do it. And somebody says, no, you don't get the most tips. Luke gets the most tips. And so uh -oh. I come back from my summer tour doing street show festivals, come back to Berlin and my life is hell. Like it's yeah. terrible yeah. because now the com the guy who, who leads the company, Chris Sandman, is now, I'm now his biggest enemy. And he just looks for every possible yeah. excuse to make, like I'm to sure, take me off the schedule. I'm sure to people, take my life people out. have come Be across the thing like is, that. yeah, yeah. The thing is, the Sandman tour, Chris Sandman is so, so he's so legendary a bastard, like so legendarily nasty person to work with that people have made movies about him. Someone made like a, a like a mock documentary about tour guides in Berlin based on the stories about New Berlin tours and that kind of stuff. And when I meet people who've worked for him and worked, done that kind of stuff, suddenly someone says, oh, you, uh, Chris Sandman. And then we, we share our worst Chris Sandman stories and things like that. Anyway, so what happened was all of this came down to that I was, they, they ginned up some things and, and fired me and let me go and stuff like that. And that was the time when I was like, oh, I now have to reorientate. Reorientate. Yes. I can't just rely on this easy money because it was tailing off anyway because I was just not on the schedule anymore. I just wasn't yeah. being scheduled for tours yeah. and doing everything I could. And then, yeah, pretty much fired and I sort of sat in a funk for a day. And then I was like, all right, let's actually put together this proper show that we're doing, this theatre show that me and Polo are working on. And 
four months later, we were working on cruise ships. Yeah. So again, I'm not just saying, oh, it came really easy. No, because we were very lucky. We were very fortunate. And I'd put in this, you know, this work from 2003 up to 2007. Yeah. I'd put in all of the work needed to when that thing when that I was relying, were then yeah, relying on for money. Yeah. yeah. And so I, we, we had the show. Mm-hmm. We had already done, we'd already worked on the art of juggling for two years up until that point. Yeah. We'd been performing it for two years. So it so, was refined. It was refined. Yeah. I'd already had all this other stuff. So when we were like, ah, oh, let's put together this promo to send off to the cruise agent. And then they were like, yeah, we want you. You're ready. And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm ready. I've been working on this for, mm-hmm. you know, for years and years. Um, and the, the working as a, as a tour guide was a thing that kind of funded that mm-hmm. development, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it feels like I'm at that kind of reset again yes. Yes. because not that I'm never going to work on cruise ships ago, I, again. I mean, I just got an email from my agent saying, hey, what, what, how is everyone available in the first few months of 2000, like 2021? Yeah. Like, because it, there might be some cruise, or there was one specific cruise line saying we might be looking for people. And it's going to be tricky because once you get on a ship, you've got to quarantine in your room mm. for two weeks before you can even perform and then because we don't want to spend too much then you're going to be on a ship for like four to six weeks or mm-hmm. something like that who's available and it's it's really difficult for now me to look at and you for uh, the two of us to look at that and go like how much does luke want to go back to performing and yeah. also you'd ha- I'd have to quarantine on the way out i'd have to quarantine on the way back yes you know um we already figured out I would probably stay with my parents. Well, I don't know. There's, again, we, we, we've already figured out <laughs> um, it's probably not going to happen is what's probably well, going to happen. Let, let's see. Well, but I but, think... But here's, what I'm saying is that the life has changed so much that it's it's like a bigger change than these previous things, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I was... We were having a conversation with, with, a, with a friend who uh, where I then had the realization that for you, this last career reset was yeah. at that time that you just described. Yeah. And for me, it was in 2016. Yeah, when you left so university. Not so, yeah. it's yeah. more recent. And it, I have so much the feeling that I can profit from that because in, in 2016, I felt, I mean, yeah. now, of course, the whole world feels it like feels, that. It feels exactly how you felt in But 2016. I felt exactly like that. Suddenly, I ha- I worked super hard. I worked like a whole year on finishing up my thesis and I yeah. wanted to succeed really, really well. And I did. And then suddenly after that, there was nothing. Suddenly I had free time, which yeah. I didn't have before. And then suddenly it was too much free time. Yeah. And the whole world was open for me. Every it, it, The theoretical construct was, hey, you could do whatever you want. And like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. And so this is basically how everybody feels like. Except, e- except you can do what you want, except you're, you're not allowed do, to, you can't, can't do anything. You, yeah. you can't do anything. It's sort of like your entire life has revolved around, around being a live performer. And all yeah. the other stuff that you've done has supported yeah. you being a live performer. Yeah. Like all of my juggling everything has always revolved around me being as someone who gets on stage and performs yeah. you know even like i mean it's different with the like the definition of juggling like these you know these video essays that i've done but like everything else has relied on me being someone who is entertaining on stage yeah. and personable and someone that people want to watch juggle or yes. listen to do comedy yeah. or musical you know listen to the music and things yeah. that's, and that's that's that's, that's my entire life it's currently or gone yeah Like and I, when I was when I was uh, 13 years old or 14, 13 years old, I had to pick what I was going to do at GCSE level, which is what you do when you're like 14, 
age 14, 15, 16. Okay. And that was when I sort of looked down. I was like, oh, performing arts is the thing, you know, that's what I, that's what I want to do. And that's one mm. of the main things I did. And then after that, I went and did performing arts. Um, again, I'm going back through because I've just been doing this CV yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah, how far back do I mention that performing arts has, has been, been the thing life. that has been my thing? Yeah. Like getting on stage, doing music, doing theater, doing comedy, yeah. like all the way back then, I was always like, oh, right. What I, what I wanted to do. I mean, when I went to, when I went to college, like the main thing that I did was like, well, I need acting courses. I want to be, I want to do do comedy theater. Like yeah. that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I decided that, you know, first of all, when about 13 years old, when you're picking topics to do at school and then 16, when you're picking like what you want to do A-level wise, like college yeah. wise. And yeah. then after that, what do I want to do at university? And I wasn't quite sure. I took a year out and then went and did more music stuff at university. Yeah. Um, because I realized that was, well, to be honest, I realized I was better at music than I was at acting. But I didn't realize there was there was something that I could do on stage which wasn't which wasn't either acting. music or acting. Yes. Because it was it was pretty bad. I was like, oh, at theater, that's what I do. And then you get together and there's just like other random students who just start acting and they're just way better than you. And I was like, oh, I don't have that. I mean, I do I do do acting, but like not the kind of acting that some of these see these other people were doing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just I, what what they're doing there, I don't have. And you can definitely tell actors because they say, oh, I never imagined I'd do anything else except acting. And there's always that weird thing that's sort of like, well, that's mm. kind of a paradox because your job is to pretend to be doing something else than <laughs> acting. But like, yeah. yeah, but it's one of those. Yeah. It, that's one of those things of like, so I always knew I was a performer. I always knew I wanted to do it on stage. I always knew I wanted to be creative and show off creativity on stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the reason I did that was because I didn't realize at the time that juggling was something that was also something that, that is part well, of yeah, this nobody, nobody ever says in your career, no. like when you go sit down and do careers, and I went down and sat there and they're like, what are you interested in? And I'm like, oh, I, I'm flying, I guess. I'm into planes. Maybe be a pilot. And they're like, mm, okay, so to do that, you would need to, you know, and they went through qualifications. Nobody sits you down and say, you no, could, I mean, but that's literally because I had, I had no idea because I was like, oh, what's the normal job that the yeah. guidance counselor wants to hear, wants, yeah. m wants to hear me say that I think I'm interested in? And I was like, oh, pilots, because I like flying. I mean, I'd never been in a plane. I'd never flown or anything like that. Yeah. I never went into a plane until I think 2002 was the first time I'd ever been in a plane. Okay. Because we, you know, it was, it was, our family was too big. We, we never flew anywhere. If we wanted to go somewhere, we'd drive. There was, there was just n never an option to fly. The first time I ever got into a plane was when I went to the, I think the Israeli juggling convention i think in okay. in, in 2002 um but yeah for some reason i was like oh pilot yeah because you know, i'm just into into planes i guess yeah little toy i'm picking up a little toy plane that i have which, on which has been moving with you yeah yeah i've had that since yeah literally i got that when i was like 11 years old so i've got this little toy plane that sits on my sits on my desk which i've had since i've been like 11 years old and i was like oh planes i guess um of course that never really but yeah no no guidance counselor ever sits you down and goes oh you know what juggling is a valid <laughs> career option nobody Unless says it. What? that person by accident is part of the juggling scene. well yes but if you're part of the juggling scene you're like, as a guidance counselor like it's it probably yeah but then the thing is juggling is a valid career option i remember i think it was penn gillette who was saying um because uh, he was he started off as a juggler uh there was Pendulette and Michael Motion performed together and maybe a third guy or something. They did like club juggling and performed at these renaissance fairs, Ren fairs and mm. things like that. And I, I was listening to his um, radio show back in what, it was 2005 or whatever it was, 2006 when he had his radio show. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's probably still got a podcast, but um, 
but he would interview different people, sometimes have jugglers, lots of comedians, lots of magicians, you know, and things. And someone asked him, like, is it better to be a musician or is it better to be a comedian? And he's sort of like, oh, like if you no, not a comedian, a juggler. Mm. Um, and he says, well, as a juggler, if you're good, you can get steady work and be comfortable and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but if you're a musician and you're really good, you can be a superstar. Like there's that like curve, you know, like that gradient yes. or that yes. curve that goes yes. up. And the most successful, the most successful musicians are fabulously wealthy and well known all the way around the world. And the most successful jugglers are, you know, pretty well off and comfortable. But he says there's a, like a, like that line is a bit there's a lot flatter. There's way fewer yeah. jugglers. And and so he was comparing like this different like what the curve is of fame of being a of like being a musician or an actor and being a juggler. And I know as a juggler, the curve is very, very shallow. There's like three superstar jugglers who mm-hmm. who earn, uh, well, I say earn a lot of money. There's a few people who can make a really good money out of it. And then most people who do it professionally are yeah, fine. You know, Having that- just... A professional career. Yeah, and a professional yeah. career. Yeah. And, but with with musicians, most on average, most musicians don't make money. Like no. that's it. It's no. it's a because because in this respect, like um, um, music and acting are things that are out in society. Society yep. has views it as something that they can rel- not relate mm. to, but they that's there. It's a huge scene. Yeah, and juggling is something they might come across in yeah. a movie or yeah, yeah. In a it's very little a, very little going on in variety show so of course then there are these absolute differences yeah. in in these two two groups and stuff yeah. so uh, absolutely yeah i yeah. mean the, it's it's almost impossible to compare them yeah. but if you're going to compare them all professional jugglers i know are, yeah do go getting confined you know there's the yeah. w- the work is there it's yeah. like but it's so self-limiting juggling is so self-limiting me, it reminds me actually of a, a conversation i had once with a, a singing student of mine i'm i'm teaching uh, grown-ups for singing yeah. and she you she say was, adults if you want adults yes <laughs> Sorry, the word just slipped. Um, so she she had some troubles to to understand her her son because he was playing uh, online poker. Oh right, yeah. And I then was obviously the first person to tell her that can be a job. That can be a career. You can yeah, make because one of the people it. who had sublet our apartment, she travelled the world playing poker, online poker, uh, online and poker. just staying in Berlin. And so, yeah. Yeah, th- so because her job is, she can work from anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you can you can earn great amount of money with yeah. it. Um. So and 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 it's so difficult for like exactly when you're in school, 16, 14, 14 16, yeah. whatever, and people ask you what you want to do in your life. First of all, you haven't had. Uh, exposure to that many, yeah but uh, the, the difference with music is that if you're good at music if you're like competent at it people say oh you're gonna like are you gonna take that seriously yes. are you gonna take that you're gonna do yeah. that professionally yeah. and, and people are like oh music is something you can take seriously and do professionally yes. but if you get good at juggling nobody is like oh you're gonna take that seriously yeah. you're gonna do i mean some people it happens to but like musicians like someone gets really good at playing the tuba you're like you're gonna be a professional tuba player don't try and be a professional tuba player you know why because each orchestra needs one tuba player yeah. and that's it. So and if you're good and you get a position in an orchestra, you're set. But also most people who learn tuba, it's impossible to do it. There just isn't enough tuba playing positions in orchestras yeah. to get. But also kind. what I, I mean, I have been on that path. Yeah. For me, Music. it was yeah. always clear. I love this. I love doing this. I, I think I have something to give there. Yeah. I want to do this as a job. Yeah. And then it turns out that doing it as a job can destroy yeah. everything about it because suddenly 
what you love to do connects with making money. Mm. And that is amazingly hard. Yeah. Because then you, you suddenly... Uh, You, 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 yeah, you have to organize everything yourself. You have to do if you don't have an agent. Yeah, and 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 yeah, if you don't fit quite into into the yeah, and that was the issue with you is that what you were doing or you were wanting to do didn't wouldn't fit into the normal scheme of like oh, and then join a choir and then become a soloist and you know that yes. that kind of stuff and do competitions. Yeah, and uh, like this, if you don't fit in it, yeah, then yeah, if there's not a competition for what you want to do, yeah. And then the, the, you got no way to do it. And then people look at it and go, oh, what competitions you've won? It's sort of like, yeah, well, what I do isn't going to... It's like me yeah. saying about Britain's Got Talent. Like, what? I, they're not looking for me. Yeah. That's not... I'm not the person that they're looking yeah. for yeah, there. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it's really difficult and especially... But I think it, the, it has a good outcome. And I think it is important to have an artistic CV yeah. ready and available. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and this is just work that, yeah, now you have done. Yep. Um... And it is there. You can yeah. adjust it. You can well, yeah, add to it. I will need to in the future because, again, like, uh, how long am I going to be able to keep doing video game design consultancy? Like, that's not gonna that's not gonna last forever. You know, that's now. Yeah. That was meant to be three months, and it was extended to six months. But again, that's that's not going to be ongoing all the way through. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, what is it? Grant applications from now on? Is, it, I don't is know. that what I do? You know. But it is kind of like. To coming back to to the framing of the situation, you had a career, it came to a screeching halt, and now you kind of got put back yeah. to zero again. And the the normal the normal timeline of that would be: you start of a career, you have a career, yeah, and at some point, the career doesn't quite fit you yeah. either with age yeah, or yeah. with and you thing, know capabilities. It's, it's so external. That's the thing. It's not like yes. oh, I've decided to change my career. It's like no, fuck you, change your career. And I'm like no. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So normally that. But I know. Sorry, just to make it clear, everybody else is like you know, it, it, everybody, everybody else is in the same position, yes. and I'm actually lucky to be in the position yes. that I'm at, where yes. I have other skills and other things that I can apply for and, and skills that I can do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so. Um, normally that happens a asynchronous yeah. to everybody in life, and now it's all happening in At one year. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on. I think we've we've covered um, career changing and, and job applications. I'm just going to take my jump off. I'm really okay. Really uh, hot here. It is let's, really uh, warm. Let's talk about another uh, another life another life kind of thing. Okay. Um, uh, and that is uh, 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 weddings and things like that. Okay. Yeah, me and Juliana are getting married. Uh, next do. next month we haven't really no. announced yeah, it yeah yeah well, uh, next month it yeah. is next month a, oh yeah 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 <laughs> i've been saying we're getting married next month but now we're getting married next week in fact we're getting married this week is, is pretty much what we <laughs> want to say about it so on friday we're getting married yes and this is uh for us really really weird because we are both people who are wouldn't say against marriage as such as like no, but it's not for us yes it's it, it's one of these things that we are both it's both for both of us it's really difficult to work out why we are so not into getting married like really not into getting married but there's no framework to to say like oh we're politically against marriage we're like well, we're not politically no. against marriage like we're socially against marriage we're, like, we're not not really socially but it's No. But anyway, it was so good that we each found each other, another person who is like really, really not into having kids and really not into getting married. But also 
beginning a life together and we've been together for yeah. almost 10 years now and then but the the real killer or well, I say the killer the real <laughs> <laughs> the real the real turning point was buying a house together and it turns out that if you own property together the only way to do that in Germany with which makes it easy for tax reasons insurance reasons life insurance reasons is like you get married it's like the same thing as, as having a child together like it's mu like in Germany if you have a child just get married it's easier like all the custody stuff and all that other kind of thing yeah, it yeah. just it all is made easier and possible in some cases like some things are just possible mm -hmm. and some things are easier with marriage yeah and and anyway th so that's where we got to in it turns out that for all these different reasons me and Juliana getting married is uh, oh it's so romantic yeah we'd, uh, I wouldn't again it's not purely the, for the, paperwork the reasons is, the, issue is, <laughs> the issue is a lot that um, we are very detached can you pass me the water thanks yeah we are very detached from the whole concept yeah but everybody around yeah everybody I like I'm I'm putting this out so people are happy no don't say that that's no, so cynical no, 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 that you no, no but i know that as soon as i mention it everybody goes oh that's yeah, amazing everyone's, everyone's crazy and, right, right. Um, and this is nice i yeah. i like that um but i'm <laughs> really it's really hard for me to to have the same same connection to it because i think we are just way too uh analytical and we i'm just, not we even just, sure it's that it's I don't whole, know. It's a construct. It's a societarian construct. Yes, but here's the same thing. Like in the same way that you were saying that when you finish university, you're like, oh, what do I do with my life? I've got this free time. I don't. Mm. I don't have the projects and stuff, mm. and I'm starting working and stuff. And you said at the time, like, I totally understand why all of my friends who are this age, who are women, they all suddenly start squirting out babies because, of course, that's just. I didn't the, say that. That's what no. How you you said it. pretty much said. I now, you pretty much said, I now know why at this stage of life, everyone... I of felt understanding of how, how, if you have then kids, how that gives you... The thing... Weird meaning, but like you have <laughs> another... Like if you go to, like first you go to school, then you finish school, then you go to uh, have a training or go to university and you always had set goals in yes. your life. And at some point... Uh, You've reached the end of the goal. You have to come up with goals yourself. Yeah. 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 And and if there's nothing, if you if you're not like if it not doesn't happen that there is a goal coming up yeah. from external, then you just have a child. You can you can it, it's a new role. It's 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 yeah. just gonna it gives last. shape to your it life. Yeah. And yeah. and it has all that. And I I at the moment at that moment. I was you always understood wondering, it. yeah. Why? Why are women doing? Why is why is that their life choice? And yeah. at that moment, I understood. You're like, oh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and so um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting <laughs> for the two of us with yeah. with the wedding. But yeah, but it's but again, let's put aside the wedding. Let's just say marriage because I oh, do yeah. think these. No, no, again, for you, for you, my, but for but also for me, like wet being. It's not again. I'm not against marriage, but it's one of those things that like like I had this this big issue of like well not big issue but like um, I always considered myself as uh, you know 
um, temporarily not single, if you know what I mean. Like we had this whole discussion where I was like, oh, yeah, I've always imagined myself as sort of like temporarily like not a horn dog who goes out and has sex with as many women as possible. I mean, that's not exactly what I was saying, but like to, to distill it down, my self image was still someone who was young and free and single, who was sort of like temporarily in this eight year relationship with Juliana. And I was all like, oh, no, I really got to really got to tie like I, it's not that I'm tied down or anything, but it was one of those things things where I had mm. to say like oh right there's 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 not a, the like the, I had to like reformulate my self identity as somebody who isn't just temporarily not single yeah which again it's so it's so but also nothing and, really changed no of course nothing's really changed and that's the thing is that like it's a it's I think it might be a self-image kind of thing mm. that I'm not the kind of person who gets married you know my brother he got married when he was 19 years old like 19 years old and got married yeah to his girlfriend uh, his fiance who was 18 years old you know my mm. my sisters they both got married i mean they weren't that young but they both got married all it was all within this three year span my brother got married one year one summer bethany got married the next summer leah got married the next summer and i think it is uh, for me must be again this is the psychoanalyst kind of stuff a massive reaction to growing up in a christian household where sex and marriage were tied together like mm. really really strongly mm. no sex before marriage that was the rule no sex and it was like the main rule so much so that so many people in our christian fellowship were getting married to each other i think just because they wanted to have sex without guilt i'm not saying that they didn't have sex beforehand but they wanted and there was these terrible marriages not great marriages like too early marriages yeah like marriages which were like massively disruptive to the lives of the people who who did them yeah. like who got who got married yeah. you shouldn't be getting married that young and for the reason that you want to have sex with somebody and before out of massive guilt about being judged by god and going to hell and i do think that part of me of not getting married was like almost a statement against that but again it's only now when i sort of like all oh, right maybe i've got to actually address my feelings about marriage and stuff again this is not a massive topic for the juggling podcast. I was just but, about to say, we're but, going deep I know, here today. But here's the, this is the Patreon feed. So the, these these people are the people who care about us a lot and, uh, and are into this. But again, the other thing is also weddings. If I'm slightly against marriage from like this nebulous, like, oh, I don't really, can't really explain it. Weddings, I'm like seriously against just for like, there I can say, oh, I'm, I'm uh, politically against weddings and all that kind of stuff. And the money being spent on them is just a, a minor part. For me, weddings, <laughs> Things are like it they're like the purest expression of selfish consumption in a way which makes my skin crawl like weddings like the, the you know like not every wedding but i'm just saying like the like picture in your mind a wedding and now that like almost everything about that feels icky to me but you do understand that we are the Really, I know the, we're a massive minor, minority minority. minority. Like, so, but here's the thing: over the years, me and Juliana have had different discussions about, like, oh, if we ever get married and stuff like that. <laughs> it was always like, yeah, it's so oh, like, oh, no, 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 But and there's the thing: there's so much societal expectation, family expectation, and other kind of expectations on marriage and wedding mm. that to get married and not make a big deal of it 
and like literally not invite anyone to your wedding. It's like weird. And to say, oh, actually, yeah, we like if you get married, we kind of don't want to come to your wedding. And also if we get married, we don't want you to come to our wedding. Like, again, it's not that I don't want to go to anyone's weddings or anything like that. I'm just saying that like that kind of gut gut reaction mm. to the 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 uh, let me say an event wedding, like an, yeah. a wedding that becomes an event, uh, like a moment, a big, a big, a big wedding, you know, yeah. the um, day of your life. Yeah, the day of your life. Oh, it's so special for mm. everyone. And and it's, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if you're just getting married or whatever, like and invite people. Yeah, great. Like that. There's no there's no problem about that. But I was so I was so impressed when I heard about some friends in Berlin and they were like, oh, I was like, hey, you're married. They're like, oh, yeah, we got married when our daughter was born. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's sort of like that kind of tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I did. I know I didn't know. Did I know that? And so sort of like that. And then you ask, and you know, these guys were married. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got married. Yeah. And yeah. they got married But and their parents were there and, th and that was it. And they didn't they didn't tell anyone. And I'm like, oh, Wouldn't it be great to get... And there was actually some a juggler that I met once and they'd got married in... I didn't meet them. I knew them in the UK. And uh, she was from South Africa and he was from the UK. Mm. And it turns out for her to be able to get British citizenship, she had to be living in the UK and married for 10 years. Yeah. And so they got married like six years before and hadn't told their parents yet. Because for them, it was a purely, it was a purely a yeah. paperwork kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I mean, they lived together. They loved each other. Yeah. They were, you know, yeah. it was, yeah. it was, they were a couple they and were. stuff like that. But yeah. And they, they said that when their parents found out that they had got married, they were like, like really the, angry about it. Like, how could you get this, married? There's yeah. the threshold of, yeah, you don't tell it anyone, and then, yeah, what is the point that it is uh, embarrassing to tell the people yeah, yeah, yeah. that are we? Uh, and anyway, that's the reason why I think it's best now that we just tell people that we're getting married because it makes things a lot easier, terminology, expectations, and all the mm -hmm. other kind of stuff. Now, but here's the thing, we as like. Uh, I was actually here's the thing I was I wanted to tie this into juggling and juggling weddings and juggling marriages and things like that yeah. because there's different ways that you the, the jugglers have done it like Bob and Nora they got married and they had their wedding party at the EJC in 2008 yes. it's like really Andy oh great we can all get together and we, there. and we spent like an hour or two hours like celebrating them and you do the club passing and they walk through like like yeah, an yeah. archway of holding club you know you got all the yeah. photos and stuff and they get married uh, I don't know if they actually had Like they got married there in, in Karlsruhe or they just got married and then that was ceremony or whatever. Yeah. And they just had a ceremony. Great. You know, that's all kind of stuff. And then uh, and that was really handy because, like I say, everyone was there anyway. Yeah. Other times somebody will get married. Uh, Marcus Furtner got married last year and pretty much had a juggling convention with like a gala <laughs> show and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. They actually make a big event of it. So mm. that, that's another way of doing it. Um, some other friends in Berlin, when they got married, we went over to their to their like wedding party. Although yeah. I think they've been married for a few years before. Again, I think when they first had kids, then, they got, yes, yeah. but then it was just and they had a party and yeah. people hung out and we did juggling and played volley club and things like that. So yeah, weddings with jugglers are often actually the good kind of wedding. So I don't want to <laughs> diss any jugglers or anything like that <laughs> because they do make it inviting and they do make it welcoming and they understand that, especially some jugglers, they because they go to juggling conventions, they realize that the key thing to a successful event for jugglers and other people is participation. You need to let people take part in something at the wedding, okay. if you know what I mean. Sure. Lots of people who don't go to shows and are not performers and other things like that, they think their wedding is a show that they're putting on, putting on for other people. Yeah. Whereas when jugglers put on weddings, they realize that they are putting an event 
for other people to participate in. Right. Okay. You understand what I'm saying yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. And that's been the difference that I've seen between jugglers, like juggling weddings is sort of like, oh, we want things for people to do. Like mm. we want things for people to experience in a way which is not just, oh, you sit in those rows and watch us do this thing. And then everyone sits around and eats and then people and then get up food. and then some more food. And then you watch us do something else. And then we have some dancing, I guess. And games? And well, maybe games. I don't know. Like, is that the kind of thing? But I'm just saying jugglers are understand that mm. it's about the participation yeah. uh, and allowing other people to take part and do some stuff you know yeah, do yeah. some stuff in the show um as I said before like uh, uh someone actually said to us oh the the last the last juggling podcast that we did we went through so many juggling convention stories but he is not a juggler and he was sort of like oh i was kind of zoning out a bit because it was so much about juggling what jugglers expect from juggling things yeah. it's actually he, he he gave us a really great topic idea which is um uh, juggling events for non-jugglers or juggling like for for a non-juggler in other yeah. words sort of like you know like it, like what can you do to make it more approachable for that kind of stuff so i quite like that but uh but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a similar kind of thing with uh you, you know with with weddings it's sort of like a wedding for a non-participant anyway but here's the thing <laughs> right back at the start of my ejc journey i wanted to go to the ejc in Karlsruhe in 2000 mm. my brother got married on that weekend, weekend, so I missed I missed that EJC. That's a story that I told on the last on the last podcast and yeah. things like that. The next year, no, two years. The next year, I went to the EJC yeah. in 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 Rotterdam. The next year, my sister said, "I'm getting married this year, yeah, and I, uh, this summer." And I said, "I am going to the European Juggling Convention <laughs> in Bremen." That's it. At, on that date, yes. And I said that date, and she said, "Oh." That was the date we were thinking of getting married. And I was like, right, I'm going to the EJC. <laughs> anyway, they did change the date of the wedding, not just for me, but it was just they just had a better date that fit for more people and yeah. something like that. And that's when I realized that the European Juggling Convention was more important to me than going to a family member's wedding. Mm. Not that... I don't think is I'm really glad Leah didn't really test me, didn't actually say, okay, make a decision, my wedding or the EJC, because that would have been really difficult. That would have been really, really difficult for me yes. to decide which one I was going to go for. Um, and I, thankfully, she, she removed that decision from me. And since then, I've never had to make a decision. Do I go to a European juggling convention or go to a wedding yeah. i later on i made the decision um european juggling convention or keep my current job and i quit my job and you know because i <laughs> yeah. couldn't get the time off i was like well i guess i said it was one of the similar kind of conversation. i said i'm going to be going to the european juggling convention there it's sort of like a set date and he says oh no in the summer we give the we give the, the people who have children we give them uh you know first dibs on time off there and i was like yes but i'm taking that week off and he was like but that means you know, it pretty much like it came down to that means you won't be working here anymore. And I was like, well, I guess we have an end date to me working here. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that if I had taken that week off and applied for a job, I could have probably got the job again straight away. That was yeah. uh, that was when I was at university. I was working at, at uh, Tesco's. I was, I was working in the supermarket. Yeah. And uh, but it was one of those weird things. I was like, well, I'm taking this time off. And he was like, well, you're not. And I'm like, well, I... anyway, yeah. so this is the thing. Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, again, I don't want to say too... I'm trying to keep all the names out of these stories as well. Yeah, that's good. Friend of mine, EJC, 2010. She was there in Finland for the first part of it for four days. Yeah. Four or five days. A friend of hers was getting married 
in during Germany the during uh, in the second week. Getting married on the first week of an EJC weekend of an EJC is fine because you can go there and then you can be at the you can be at the European Juggling Convention like on the first Monday and yeah. then you got like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever like that. Yeah. You can have like a, a full chunk. But getting married on the last day because that's when the big events are. Yeah. You know the, and every, the, the you show already, is happening. You've been into the the convention mood and everything. Really yeah, and then together. you're leaving early and other people are there, mm. continuing on with memories and events are happening without you. So she left early and I was saying at the time and I, I think I told her the story about oh yeah like I I pretty much put uh, like said to my my own sister that like I'm not sure if I was going to miss the EJC for, mm -hmm. for a wedding but she she left she went to the wedding and I talked about it talked to her about it a few weeks later or a few months later uh, afterwards anyway and she said I so much regret going to the wedding because she turned up And she, uh, you know, was there. She was a friend. And she expected it to be a special day. And I guess for the people getting married, it was a very special day. Mm -hmm. But because there's so much tradition around the wedding, like you you don't actually have time. Like I remember we were yeah. we were at this juggling meeting with friends or the camping trip with friends at the, in May. Was it May? June, wasn't it? June, I can't remember. We were there and we were hanging out at this point and there was a wedding going on at the same castle that we were at yeah. and they came down and they had a good one hour photo session yeah. where they just left all of the other people <laughs> like back at the castle having yeah. food or drinks or whatever just waiting around while they by themselves went off for a photo session and the yes. people that they were there with they just left and you're like well you guys are having fun over there with a photo session why do we have to I mean this is the, me addressing the same issues that I have with weddings and how it's so much about the special couple that they're just they just abandon people for hours at a time to just go and spend time with other people like by themselves or yeah. like I've been to so many weddings where they're like oh yeah we're invited to the service and you're inviting to the, the party, party yeah. but not the reception so you're there and you're like okay so that's the service and now what do we do well it's 12 o'clock but you're not invited to the reception or you're not invited to the lunch so we'll see you in eight hours mm. after we finish food and you're allowed so we're like what, what do we do for eight hours just hang around yeah go uh, watch a movie I... <laughs> like that kind of stuff. anyway yeah so she'd been there didn't spend any time there's my mm. friend um who went to uh to this uh um her wedding, friend's wedding. Yeah. her friend's wedding And um, yeah, and just it just she didn't spend any time with them. And then when you when she sat there down for dinner, there were all there was seating, the mm -hmm. seating plan for mm -hmm. the dinner. And because she was a, she was single, she wasn't there as a couple. She couldn't sit with all her friends because they were all on tables by themselves. Mm. Well, not by themselves. They But were all tables were as sets of couples. So yes. there was like a table of eight, and there were four couples there. But yeah. she couldn't then sit with them because there was no table for nine, only table for eight. Mm. So then she was sat on a table with other single leftover people next to. Yeah a guy yep. that they sat next to just because he was there and single and they had to pair people up mm -hmm. and then didn't spend any time with him didn't have a lot of fun didn't like ate a weird uncomfortable dinner with other with some people that she didn't know yeah like what and this is being forced on her by the people who invited her to the wedding and expected her to to miss the wedding and in instead of going to the european juggling convention didn't see them and then she and then afterwards they said oh well like sorry that we didn't spend much time with you at the wedding but we really appreciate you came And then uh, this was a few years later when uh, this topic came up again. I can't remember. Mm. But she said, yeah, I lived in like Lübeck and they lived in Hamburg. And and then I, they never came and visited me. I was lived there for like two or three years. And in that time, they like I'd, I'd miss my summer holiday, like the EJC. There was something I made really clear to them was very really special to me. And I came to their wedding for that. And yeah. it, and th but that was it. Then they were married and then they were in the married zone, yes. which isn't like, oh, let's go and visit. Let's go and visit 
other friends and or let's go and spend time with our single friends because then that's not like it, i don't know it's this weird the, the the wedding and marriage kind of is like this stage separation, separation where you yeah. just leave behind all the people and when they get married then they can catch up with you again they yeah. like rock it up to your level or whatever into your super weird it's super super weird yeah. and she was she was really annoyed and years later resentful the fact that she had missed half of the ejc mm. to go to a wedding for people who in the end didn't care enough about her and again I'm not saying that everybody who has a wedding like this, I'm not saying everyone who goes to weddings, I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing that made me come up with the idea of having a or a website that I wanted people to sign up for, which is which was the I'm not going to make an annoying wedding pledge. And I never really came up with a good... Of course, these days it would be like a social media campaign or whatever it would be. Yeah. But the idea being that you pledge on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and you post something and you sign it or you change your profile picture for a while or however it works these days... Okay. Which is when I get married, it's not going to be annoying for anyone. And I know that's a really, really big bar to try and meet. But if you are that empathetic, emp empathetic with people that you don't make your wedding annoying for the people. And that's the thing, like you get to the age in life, you're like, oh, if six of my friends get married this summer that means I don't get to choose where I go on holiday I don't have time to go to any juggling convention or anything like that yeah. and again it's not any individual wedding it's not any individual marriage it's the culture of weddings as the most important thing in everybody's lives not your life but in everybody else's life around you and it's really, really, it's, again, this is me ranting about something which, to be honest, I don't care a huge amount about, but it's one of those things well, that it seems I, like you do. No, but it's something that I don't have to care about because I've made a decision that I'm never going to prioritize other people's annoying weddings over anything in my life because my friendship is stronger than that. With My friendship with them is stronger than their expectations for their wedding. Yeah, that's you know very I mean. much detached in my I know. feeling. Y your wedding is something special for you yeah. to do with your, you and your partner, but I'm not going to have your wedding and how much I enjoy your wedding or even my attendance at your wedding be a gauge of how much uh, how good how our friendship, friendship is yeah. with you. Yeah. And that is very very difficult for most people to to cope with, but it's so tricky for it's. Uh, I find it really tricky. The the wedding expectation, the the wedding big wedding event, the event wedding expectation. Again, I don't want to talk about people who say, "Oh, we're getting married in this uh, in place. You, if you can make it, that'd be really great." And I'm like, "Oh, great! I'll come over." And you go over, and it's fine. But you know, there's there's some people who put the there's too much expectation. So here's the plan, our plan. We are totally leaning into the fact that COVID nineteen means that nobody can come to our wedding, yep. and. And it's great. Well, it's not great. What I'm trying to say is we, we now don't mind announcing that we're actually getting married. That Well, put it this way. I'm so much happier to be able to share the fact that we're getting married with people knowing that there's no expectation of inviting anyone to a wedding ceremony. Yeah, so it's just not allowed. Yeah, it's just not allowed. And we, we're getting married this year because, well, it's better to get married. It's, we should get married as soon as possible, you know, for all the different yeah. benefits and that kind of stuff. And also, I, it feels like we, ha we have been living... Mm. As a married couple. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And that's why it isn't a big deal to me because there is no, we are not at the next step in our relationship in any regard. Nope. Emotionally, just, just, how much we just, love each other, same. how much we're dedicated <laughs> to each other. Like when we, when, uh, when you went to talk to the mortgage person or whoever it was that you said, and they said, uh, are you married? And you said, no. And they say, well, 
doesn't matter. Buying a house together is way more important than being like it's it's a much bigger, much bigger. It's a much bigger step. It's a much bigger legal binding thing yeah. than than getting married. Yes. Um, so it's not even the biggest thing that we've done together as a couple. No, if you know what I mean. Us going on holiday to. Um, to Iceland? Iceland? No, Af- I was thinking Africa when Africa. we went away and traveled together for five weeks. We'd only we'd been together like less than a year. Yes. We went on a big five week trip across East Africa and down to South Africa together. You know, that kind of thing is a bigger moment, a bigger thing, a bigger memory, a bigger stage in our relationship than going down to an office here in Vildau and uh, signing some papers and listening to someone talk with a mask on for 10 minutes or whatever it's going to happen. Yeah, I hope they're going to. Okay. Do you think they can close? Do you think they can cut it short? Like that we don't have to hear. <laughs> I'm talking about it. I don't know she anyway, said 20 to 25 But here's minutes. the thing. We said, this is our plan, and we're actually going to do it now. Because we, yeah. the plan is, and here's the thing. Me being so much against weddings and the big wedding thing, but I still want to share getting married with people. Mm. But I don't want, and this is the tricky thing, I'm from England, the UK, we live in Germany. If I got married, then there's a thing, oh, where do we have the marriage ceremony? Is yeah. it going to be in Germany? Is it going to be in the UK? If it's in Germany, how many of my family, how many of my dozens of family members, well, not dozens, but, you know, like you see the picture of when we all got together for my father's 70th yeah, a- anniversary. That's a lot of people. Yes. Do I expect all do I expect of to 15 family yeah. members to travel over from the UK to come and visit me? Uh Probably, probably that seems a bit unrealistic. Yeah. As this is even beyond COVID-19 yes. type. There's no, this is not even 2020 talking. Yeah. And then like, well, we get married in the UK. And then I'm like, well, that's really weird because like my life is in Germany. Mm-hmm. Lots of friends in Berlin, Juliana's parents and family as well. You've got a much smaller family. Much so, much so smaller. yeah, so your, your, your uh, family traveling to your wedding is like, it's like a different, it's, that would be a different kind of, um, uh, different kind of arithmetic. Ca- different calculations Um, so the idea that we had years ago this is like five or six years ago was to have like we're not going to invite people to our wedding we're going to invite them to our honeymoon and the way this works is that we get married nobody's invited but then we get in the car and we start traveling and everybody that we would normally invite to our wedding or could expect to invite to our wedding, we're we, going to we invite ourselves to visit them. Or we yeah. can say, we are coming on our honeymoon honeymoon tour. We will come and visit you. So instead of them coming to our wedding mm-hmm. and all the expectations and us not having enough time to spend with them or anything like that, we will have a full day with every single person that we would normally invite to our wedding. And we'll say, right, let's just hang out with you. Let's go out for lunch. Let's go out for dinner. Let's go and do something that you want to do. You've got kids. You weren't going to bring your kids, but we'll meet your kids. Like we'll spend some time with your family. You know, it's it's we are having the fun of traveling. Yes, and we are having the. the burden of going somewhere. Yes, it's like, up, to it's us. up to us. All yeah. responsibility mm-hmm. is on us. Nobody has responsibility to try and travel to our wedding. Everybody can just sit and relax and we will, we will visit come. you. We'll come and juggle with you. We will come and uh, go on a bike it ride with you. It might take a few years. It, no, it's not going to take a few years. We're going to do this next next spring. One thing that my brother's getting, my brother was going to be getting married next May, um, but he, his second marriage, uh same brother who got married who I didn't miss the EJC but this is the next thing but he invites us over and we're like oh it's okay we, we get married and we won't tell anyone and then we'll we'll also mention that we get married but we're going to see all our family at my brother my twin brother 
brother's marriage. So like we'll get in all the family meeting there. But because of COVID-19 and, and venues and stuff, that's been now delayed. But we're still going to do the trip. So the idea is we're going to get in the car. We're going to start driving. We'll visit some people in Germany. We'll do a loop down maybe to your to your family down in, in um, Turingen. Turingen and stuff like yeah. that. Meet the Schneider side of Juliana's family. Um, head across Germany. Meet some other friends and people in Germany. Visit people who we've only ever seen at juggling conventions. Mm-hmm. We're like, where do you actually live? You know, we can actually visit people through the Netherlands, Belgium, France, across to the UK and then do a tour around the UK and meet all the people who again that like you know, who, who would have, who if I lived in the UK would have definitely been invited to my wedding and i would have been sad that they wouldn't come but of course i wouldn't have been sad whether they want to come i'm not going to put the expectation on so that's the plan we're going to do our honeymoon we're going to do our we're going to do our honeymoon in may or june next year we're going to do a loop around germany and and the uk and we're going to visit the people or any if other people elsewhere uh also uh, do it so We'll um, we'll make that announcement when we get married next week and say nobody was invited to the wedding, but we're inviting you to our honeymoon, or we're inviting ourselves to visit you, you on our honeymoon next May <laughs> slash June. So uh, yeah. drop a message if you want if you want to visit and to catch up and uh, and and see the newly married couple. Who by then we won't be newly married; we'll be married for six <laughs> months. But again, I think that's the plan. And it was always a thing that I never thought I'd be able to get away with because it's so weird to just say, oh yeah, we're not inviting to anyone's anyone anyone to our wedding but we're inviting everyone to our honeymoon or we're inviting ourselves to their their to, to visit them on our honeymoon yeah. seems weird but with covid19 and 2020 i think we're going to get away with it yes. so we're going to go on a big juggling tour and a big family tour and a big whatever other things that we're going to do on our tour uh, mostly we're gonna we haven't seen our family uh, my family uh, we haven't seen my side of the family this year yes. so we just want another opportunity to do that but yeah making it part of the big the big honeymoon trip also something to look forward to yeah also yeah just no, nothing in my diary except maybe the EJC if it happens next year yeah bets so, on the Olympics happening next year bets on the EJC happening next year which you think is more likely I think the EJC, but in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... difficult, really. With this, with this whole situation, it's so difficult to look into the future. Mm. Like I don't have a, a a glass ball in front of me. I have no idea how. Like nobody really has. So yeah, yeah of course we can. We can. Uh, yeah, it's like anything can happen. Yeah. So. All right then. I think. I think. But, but I um, think we're done. Uh, okay, that was an epic podcast. Yeah, but we, it was two <laughs> topics. We did grant applications and career changing, uh, grant applications and career changing juggling stuff, and then yes. also um, juggling uh, weddings and uh, not not weddings. And, <laughs> and Luke, Luke rants against <laughs> weddings or something like that. So yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. We thanked people at the start of the podcast yes. again. Thank you so much for your patron support. You've got no idea how how huge amount of help I'm this is. So impressed by the generosity of yeah. people. It's it yeah. it really is uh, is touching my heart. And uh, and we're going to put so a much. new we're going to put a new uh, level of patron support in. Which is uh, uh, Luke and Juliana will visit you on our on our honeymoon. <laughs> no, honeymoon don't do no, that. no, 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 no. That that feels weird. No, to be honest, that's Just... that is literally open for anyone. That's yes. the whole point. That's the whole point of that. Like, exactly. If somebody wants a visit from Luke and Juliana, um, write a message. Literally, that's the idea. Is someone can message me. We'll add you to the list, and we'll uh, you know, and we'll route our trip through your city or through your place. 
that where you are and uh, and meet up because that's the plan. We're gonna we're gonna share our uh, share our marriage and share our lives and share our catching up with people and stuff like very personally in a way that we can give everyone as much time as possible rather than a wedding. Yep. Day. Hours. Hours. <laughs> oh yes, we've got one. We've got these amount. We've got four hours okay, to spend. Let's, oh, let's I'm not ranting go again. in there again. Uh, let's leave people with a happy, uh, happy, happy, uh, happy thought. No, it's happy. happy it's it's all good. It's all good. If you if you think it's a happy event that Juliana and I are getting married on Friday, thank you. Great. If you don't care, also great. Yeah. Also great. It's going to be a what interesting. It's weird situation. It's going to be weird. I'm um, going. Who knew that the day I get married, I'll be wearing a face mask at the same time. <laughs> Well, it's special. It's uh, memorable. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're sitting there in like, like uh, I'm just wearing the suit that I normally wear on stage and Juliana hasn't had a haircut for six weeks. It's well, going to be... It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be special. I'm so glad that the photos aren't going to be the the most important photos that we're going to take in our life. Isn't that great? Yeah. No, Isn't that great? No, uh, it's like... Because for most people, the, the wedding photographs that they have, like that that's like the main photographs that were ever taken of them, like the most important memories and the most important photographs. I mean, photographs. I do need to get some more well, artist photos Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm point. saying. Like, it's... like it, it's. But we can, you know, we're, your mother will be there and she'll have her iPhone 10 or whatever she has. It takes photos. And it takes very nice photos. So yep. She can take some photos of us. So yep. we will have photos to share with people. But again, uh, n- not a lot of... Uh, we got matching face masks. That's actually quite yes. fun. We got matching face masks for our wedding uh, I mean, that's... if you do that, we can splurge out in some things and I'm getting a, a, some flowers for my uh, for my for my uh, for you are getting flowers we're, we're getting some flowers and we yeah. got f- Matt who would have thought when matching face masks at the wedding was like our one of our main purchases that we did wasn't it <laughs> yes. for the wedding yeah Oh, also, we are doing a. If any, if anyone wants to show even more love than uh, uh, emojis, this is what I sent to my pair, my family. We are going to have an Amazon, an Amazon uh, wish list. Uh, so yeah. the thing is, that we haven't it's found anything empty. to put on there. It's empty at the moment. But the idea is, we're going to try and think of some house gifts or gifts that we that we'd like that you know normal wedding gifts. Like, what are the normal wedding gifts? But we've been living together for like we, we for, for nine things. years now, or something like that. So, I don't know. It, yeah. If we think of some things to put on the wedding gift, we will share the the wedding list, uh, the Amazon wedding list, so you can you can Somewhere. purchase them. And that's actually really great. Uh, a friend of mine went on uh, his honeymoon was through um, America. He went on a, like a Route sixty six road trip yeah. in, in America, and uh, and he was I was living in Germany. He was in the UK. Got married in the UK, so I didn't go to his wedding. But he had this really cool thing. Like oh, the wedding gift list was you can pay for you can purchase us something along the way. All right. So so I bought them a night in a motel. No, no, maybe <laughs> maybe breakfast at a motel or something yeah. like. I can't remember yeah. what it was. Some yeah. like you know some thing. That's and then fun. when they had that breakfast, they took a photo of it and sent a message saying thanks for buying us breakfast this morning. I think it was <laughs> really just breakfast. Cute. I think I just bought them breakfast one morning. But that's the kind of thing that we're like that we, we need to find now. Sort of like yeah. what's a, what's a small a small thing that somebody can send us with a little note saying congratulations or whatever and thinking thinking of you. And showing you more, I said to my parents, I said, "Oh, we've got a, got an idea for if you guys want to show more than uh, more love than just uh, smiley faces and emojis or whatever." I can't remember what the message was, but yeah, so that's the that's the plan as well. Um, that's it. An hour and a half podcast. I think that is plenty for this month. Epic. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it is it is 
2020 and uh, everything in 2020 is is weird uh, weird it's a weird podcast anyway that's it from us thanks again for all your support hey maybe I'm, I might release this one as a, as a on, on the juggling podcast and on the on the SFBRP podcast feed as well who knows but because um, <laughs> yeah, again mean, it, can, is, can it is more of a life it anyway. is more of a it's, it's like coronavirus update is the corona year um, update part three like we did yeah. one at the beginning of the year when like Luke is like oh no I have a job anymore I can't do anything one after the uh, one after the French juggling convention we're like what's it going to be like in the future yeah, juggling yeah. festivals and now here is sort of like Luke ex- existential dread about applying for grants and re- yep. redoing stuff <laughs> and, and marriages so so yeah maybe this will be coronavirus part three um, sounds quite like it yeah it might be so mm-hmm. I might release this one a bit wider anyway that's it from us uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye